Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. Super excited to have a buddy of mine, Frank Duffy, on this week. Frank is business partners with Joe Gambino, who's been on the podcast twice. We've kind of mentioned that Frank hasn't been on at all, but Frank's finally settled back down. He's moved back to New York City. He had some time to jump on and do the three things with me. We have a great conversation. We talk about how he's adapted the functional range conditioning system to him, his population that he works with, and even in his business. We talk about some disadvantages that come with being an early mover in business. And we also talk about the the biggest misconception in training adult gen pop clientele. Um, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for some length of time, a lot of the guests tend to have specialties. I think Frank specializes in just kicking everyone's ass, um, which isn't exactly the sexiest thing to talk about in personal training, but Frank crushes. And we talk a little bit about that. We finish up with a great speed round. Um, obviously, the debate of where upstate New York starts continues. Um, Frank gives a pretty good answer on that. We power rank some beers. It's a good speed round. It's probably one of the better ones that we've had on the podcast. Uh, so sit back, crack a beer, drink a coffee. I have no idea what time you're listening to this and enjoy the beautiful sultry voice of Frank Duffy. So I am Frank Duffy, as you mentioned. I am a nomadic strength coach right now in New York City, so I'm bouncing around. I'm also a kin stretch instructor, so I teach group classes as well that focus primarily on achieving better ranges of motion and minimizing pain to the best of our ability. I'm also a co-founder of Par4 Performance with my business partner, Joe Gambino, who's the smarter of the two of us that has been on Casey Podcast two times now, correct? Yeah, two times you, zero, Joe Gambino, yeah. two. He filled the void for me that one time, but I'll make sure I can get a second appearance on here as long as as long as I get the ratings I'm looking for. So <laughs> <laughs> don't big league me already. Don't big league me already. But I definitely okay. can track the stats and tell you who wins. All right. Yeah. Let me let me know that. Um, because I'm definitely more entertaining than him. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so you're based out of New York City now? Yep. Uh, life is good. New York, New York. Would you say opening day? Yes, sir. Your opening day, is, right? It, yes, I'm a Yankee fan, diehard. We are underway. I don't have the game on right now. I'm following the game cast. <laughs> so if I'm looking away, that's that's what's going on here. So that's fine. I, I guess about, uh, I feel good about it this year, man. I mean, I don't have much to look forward to. I got uh, the Giants are awful. I, I got the Knicks who are tanking. I got my Yankees who are the only thing that are keep me alive from a sports standpoint well at some point this year you might have the yankees and zion so maybe i'll yeah. have something coming up and Kyrie and durant but Ugh, Kyrie we'll manage take we'll, him. we'll manage to screw it up somehow <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to the first uh your first guest appearance on the three things podcast i think your name has been brought up a few times um, oh, but now great. it's nice to have you in the flesh. Yeah, I know you don't listen to a podcast, so you'll never know how it was brought up. I'm not a uh, podcast guy. I told you that. I'm <laughs> being honest with you. I appreciate it, but uh, I read. Listen to your I read. own episode. I listen, so I listen I will. and watch, and we'll take that as you will. Um, I look, okay, I'm going to listen to Show Dubs after this. Just you to should see what it's he pretty, had to say. It's Show Dub. It's pretty Show Dub. <laughs> uh, I think you can probably guess what it's like. Yeah. All right. Let's let's dive into it. Give me the right. potatoes, baby. All right, so I've described it as the mullet. Here's the business in the front, the first of the three things. 
um, like you said, you, you talk about, or you talked about how you have your kick and stretch practice and, and you've dived, divin, in, divin, dove, 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 yeah, dove deep, pretty, Thanks. pretty deep into functional range conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're one of the longest tenured guys doing that. And what I want to ask you is how has it changed for you? Like, as far as your like understanding of it, is it become more simplified? Like how have yeah. you adopted the FRC system to you, your population that you work with, and even, even your business practices? Yeah, awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely dope. So we can work on the English language off off uh, <laughs> the microphone if you like to. Um, don't but don't fuck with me on my own podcast, <laughs> God damn it. In regards to actually um, being exposed to FRC and Ken Stretch a little bit more over the years, what I've noticed is I don't get as – complicated in regards to teaching cars the way i used to what i do now is essentially and cars control articular rotations um it's essentially joint circles to a to a um controlled slow pace um what i do now is i allow people to explore and figure out like hey do you feel like your opposite shoulders rotating here or try to figure out and become more aware of compensations instead of me coaching the hell out of them because i think that with training um, whether it's FRC related stuff or strength training, that there should be a degree of variability from rep to rep. Now, obviously, if you're going for a max deadlift or a max squat and we're seeing some type of variability you haven't been exposed to before, that's a red flag. But in regards to bodyweight squatting, lunging, things like that, I'm cool with seeing different like knee positions, different hip positions, stride length, stuff like that, because the more you train different positions, the more you're exposed to it, the more resilient you will be in that position over time, if you ask me. I like it. I think that uh, you know, having been in the Parisi system for almost a decade now, it's the system kind of evolves to you personally. The actual probably science maybe changes a little bit, but everything sure. always seems to find its way. It's more and more and more simplified. And I think yep. that's like the true, the true test of someone who's been in a system and, and has kind of taken the time to learn it and respect it is they figure out a way to just simplify it for everyone else around them. Yeah, and I just think the way I look is I, I figure out who's in front of me, what, what they're – like what are they coming to me for from a goal standpoint? What is this, the task involved? What are the demands of the task? And then we simply just create exercises from there based on their capabilities. So that might be a gen pop client that's just looking to pick stuff up off the floor without pain. So it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to have you hip pinch to pick everything up. I'm going to teach you how to touch your toes. I'm going to teach you how to do it with some degree of rotation at the spine and the hips. And again, that's just creating activities, exercise that'll, that'll play nicely with the, the daily activities that they're, they're looking to perform. I like that phrase, play nicely, kind of fit, fit the person to what they need versus trying to jam what they maybe don't necessarily want down their throat. Exactly. Oh, Frank Duffy, we're off to a hot start, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, so it creates more buy-in, too, on that end, though. Like, yeah. If it's like, if it's, let's say I'm working with one of our golfers, and it's like, hey, if we do, like, this med ball scoop toss drill, it's a rotational-based power exercise, which could help provide you with five to ten extra yards out of the tee box. Something like that, that correlates with whatever the task is. It's like, oh, that's that makes so much sense. That's awesome. I want that. So that's what I'm looking for in regards to the buying side with why I prescribe certain exercises for certain individuals. I like it. I like it. And so this is this next question. The next of the three things is a direct quote from Joe Gambino. This is where I got this uh -oh. information. So if it's wrong, feel free to blast him right now. Okay. Um, you guys were one of the first two to do like do a virtual kin stretch and, and par four performance. It's a big piece of what you guys do. 
Um, and you guys were so essentially early movers into that space. Yeah. We, was, we did. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You finish. No, you're good. You, you go, you're the guest. You go, please. <laughs> we, please. We definitely had a first mover advantage on that end. And we honestly, we don't, I, I forgot how it started. I was like, Hey man, I'm just going to film this class. Like, why don't we start posting them? They were like, all right, let's create a membership. And then it just went from there. It's not like we had this crazy elaborate business plan in place where you just like, all right, this sounds like it's a good idea. You do no, one we class. We talked business plan. Oh, we've talked about it. You just haven't listened to that podcast. We've talked about the business. Yeah, plan. I mean, we have a business <laughs> plan. I'm just saying the way the kin stretch, the kin stretch program started was like out of the blue, honestly. Well, so my question specifically is, what are some disadvantages that people might not really realize about early mover advantage? Is you know, like, just what did what did you guys find as being yeah. like the first guys to kind of start doing it? And like you said, it kind of maybe started out of the blue a little bit, but, but you were early to that, that space or that concept. What, like, what were some disadvantages that you can see? Obviously hindsight is 2020, which is why I'm asking you, but sure. what would you say are something or maybe tough first? So one of the big thing that, and we still get this to, to today is um, the standpoint that most people still don't know what kin stretch is. Like it's still in its infancy in regards to the brand recognition worldwide. So one thing we ran into a lot at the beginning was, hey, what is this kin stretch thing? And like, if you ask me, if you can't describe what you're doing in less than a sentence or two, you don't really have a grasp on it. And we struggled trying to simplify what kin stretch was down to one or two lines. And we still struggle to this day, to be honest with you, and in, in, in being able to describe it without doing any hands-on work. So that's definitely still a struggle we run into. We've definitely gotten more refined in the way we explain it to people. But again, it's always, it's always like, how can we make this simpler to understand? How can we get more people to buy into it? How do we get more people on board to, from the beginning? So there's always factors on that end. And that, that could be a first mover advantage. That could be like, that could be someone jumping into it right now. Like you got to understand what your product is, how to simplify it for people so that they're like, okay, that makes sense. I want in on it. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that I forget. It might've been on um, a strength faction Q and a where uh, Justin Rabinowitz was, was the, the guest. And he was talking about how it's not the worst thing to move into a saturated market because people understand what that product is and what that product yeah. might be. The hardest part is just differentiating that product within a saturated market where people might have that preconceived notion. Um, sure. So like, early mover stuff. I always think like people think it's like the golden gates to like success where I feel like there are some sneaky disadvantages like you just highlighted. And, and I don't think anyone really talks about that stuff enough where you can be the first, but you have to understand like, it's not all, you know, grass is always greener on that side of the lake. Yeah, exactly. Not, that's not the expression at all. I just butchered that. Yeah. But I, I knew where you're going with it. I do that all the time. I take those cliches and really just screw them up every that's single time. It. We um, should just keep doing that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I guarantee when we look back at this, if I look back at this, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'll, find, <laughs> I'll find one or two. It's like, wow, you definitely butchered the hell out of that saying. Um, but yeah, so like right now in my scenario, like I am not the first personal trainer in New York City and I won't be the last personal trainer in New York City. Like it's just a way to figure out, all right, who's my target audience, which right now we're going to cater towards trying to get more golfers through the doors. And then from there, why do we stand out? Like, what differentiates us from other golf professionals in the area? For sure. Uh, and this is a follow-up question. And I <laughs> yep. think it made more sense when I wrote it down on paper, but I'm curious to see kind of how you go with it. 
Um, sure. How do you how do you balance market position versus time in the market? Like you just mentioned, like with golfers and whatnot, like the balance of we want more golfers versus we are either new to the market or we've been in the market for a while. And New York City is probably a great example of that. Like your, you know, like how do you like position yourself as a trainer versus yeah. like I've been a trainer who's new versus I'm a trainer who's been here and maybe is more established. Like what is that kind of thought process for you? Tell me what you're thinking, Frank Duffy. So on that standpoint, like this is always, this is always evolving. The way from a marketing standpoint that me and Joe approach it is we play into our strengths. So what I mean by that is you'll see that a lot of my Instagram page is like kin stretch related work. In reality, it's probably like two to 5%. Like I'm just throwing a random number there, but two to 5% of what I do from a training standpoint. Now it's not to say that I'm not good at a trap bar deadlift or coaching it or, or things like that. It's just like, hey, I, I know that using the FRC-related work and the kin stretch work that I can differentiate myself and use this. And people might be like, oh, that looks unique. Like, I want to learn more about that. So that's why it's been more of that stuff versus the same squat or the same deadlift repetitively on my page. And again, some, some of the stuff I don't use at all after a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, this is more of like a, a gimmicky movement per se. But again, I'm just trying to continue to promote, hey, this is what we do with kin stretch. This is why I use this modality. This is why I use that modality. And then how we would apply it to our target audience. Like if you're a golfer, like we use this T-spine drill to teach you how to rotate your spine effectively. Or we teach you how to extend so that you're using your thoracic spine versus your lumbar spine. Just examples like that. But again, from a, from a marketing standpoint, we just play to our strengths to the best of our ability. I like that. I like that. It's always the simple answers that people, I think, overlook. Play to your strengths. Um, okay, yep. the last thing. Frank Duffy, what is the biggest misconception in training an adult gen pop clientele or client market? That's boring, honestly. So the <laughs> reason, I swear to God. So like, like, especially with interns I worked with when I was at CSP, it was like, oh, I want to work with high school athletes. That's awesome. When in reality, like the deeper we get into like the technical technological revolution standpoint, like kids are getting worse and worse and worse at interacting with one another. So what I do with my youth athletes now is, and again, I, I do a lot more of the gen pop stuff, but with our youth athletes, I, I make sure that they shake each other's hands, look one another in the eye, like start to talk to one another, like, hey, what school do you go to? What position do you play? That's something I actually learned from John O'Neill when I was up at Cressy because he made all the kids do that. They, they couldn't leave without learning two or three kids that they didn't know before, their names, their school, their position, and so on and so forth. Um, coming back to the whole Gen Pop idea, uh, misconception that's born, but you meet a lot of cool people doing it. Like, obviously, the training is not as sexy as, oh, we're going to throw med balls. We're going to do more sport-specific stuff. Whereas with my gen pop clients, I think of it more as like a physical education class because they're not getting a lot of that in, in their normal nine to five lives. And then they have to commute back and forth from work. They got their family. So there's not much physical activity there. So we look, I look at my training as a gym class per se. And Todd, Todd said it awesome. Todd Bumgarner said it on a uh, Facebook somewhere. He was like, we're just a bunch of glorified gym teachers at the end of the day. Like I can throw a bunch of $10 words that don't mean shit to a gen pop client to make myself sound smart on the internet. But if I can't train people and create buy-in and actually deliver results, none of that actually matters. So it's the most rewarding. If you ask me getting people out of pain, getting them to, to have confidence and be like, wow, I could actually do this. So 
I agree. I concur. And as someone who works in an athletic market, uh, I have the, I think I have the most fun working with, with the parents of the kids that come in sure. more so than the actors. Um, and I, I just, I know you've, you've been a gen pop guy and, and have worked a lot with the adult market. And I just wanted you to just vocalize that because I'm sure you hear it a lot with like, Oh, I work with pro athletes. I want to work with this population, this population. It's like, just chill, man. Like that, that stuff will come, but you just got to have fun with, with every, everything's gotta, gotta be fun. Yeah. And even that same point too, like, yeah, you want to train athletes. You got to realize that there's a point where, okay, you're training your athlete in their off season then they go in season and then what like in this case like csp guys are traveling all over the country you're not going to see them again for another five six months whereas if you're training a gen pop client you have them 24 7 365 in the sense of like they're in your area like barring vacation and stuff like that yeah but you have 12 months of the year versus maybe three or four months of the year to really cultivate a relationship and create that buy-in and that relationship over time love it absolutely love it so you just made it through the three things what'd you think Keep feeding me. I want to hear what this speed round thing is all about. Well, I know. Like, I, so this is really – we just do the three things. So, like, people will be like, oh, yeah, like, okay, I've got some nuggets there and maybe thought of some things that I didn't really initially think of before. Oh, great. Or so that I'm full podcasts. of shit. Well, I mean, I've done, a couple, <laughs> I've done a couple solo casts. So, like, I literally am full of shit, which is why I'm the host. You're the guy doing all yeah. the heavy lifting. I just ask you three dumb questions. Um, you and then we just it, get to this. This is it. The speed round. This is, like, the whole point right here. Okay, right, so you're new to the podcast. You don't listen, whatever. There's this big debate. It's a huge debate. I'm surprised you haven't heard about okay. the debate. Where does upstate New York start? Where does upstate New York start? Um, it starts at the, the northern part of the Bronx, if you ask me. That's fake. <laughs> that's, not, that is a new, that's not New York. That's fake New York going upward. That's awesome. I love it. It gets like lower and lower. Every person I ask, they're like, well, Albany. Oh, Albany. County. No. Albany's I mean, like I, Canada to us. That's so funny. <laughs> then what's like Plattsburgh? What's like, what's upstate? Like real upstate. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even tell you where Plattsburgh was, to be honest. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. I am, um, and I am very ignorant in regards to my New York geography. I know Long I Island. It. I know the five boroughs. I know Rockland County, which is in that upstate area, like I just mentioned in the Bronx and that's about it. Uh, which has more to do. Okay. What has more going on upstate New York or Clinton, Massachusetts? Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, I mean, I'm not a frequent visitor of upstate New York, but I can tell you there's not much going on in Clinton, Massachusetts. Um, (laughs) Hudson, Hudson, Massachusetts, on the other hand, has got a, a bit more going on. So that's about 20 oh. minutes. So I would, give, I would give the slight edge to that because upstate New York is like a bit – like that's too general of, of a question to ask. Yeah, you unless ask, you're going to like Saratoga or something, there's probably yeah. not a lot of fun stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. So like I, I don't know. You can, you can literally say a random town in upstate New York right now. I'd probably, I've never heard of it. I'm going to go with Clinton. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I man. just lump – I feel like if you're in New York, it's like you're – it's New York City and then there's everything else. It's just one part. Yeah, like It's like, much. yeah, I'm, I'm from New York City or from some other random part that's just not New York City. Fake, that's how fake you describe New York. it. Yeah, yep. fake New York. Fake New York. Uh, so <laughs> – Power rank for me the New York City area breweries. Oh, oh now that oh, you've this, got your this. feet underneath you, you've been back, yeah. you've been on some tours. Give me the official Frank Duffy power ranking. All right, 
I can do that. Uh, how, how, many, how many spots do we want to go? Three to five. Three to five? All right, let's go five. Okay. You want me to start from the top or the bottom? I'll, hey, dealer's choice. All right, I'll go, and I might change this after the fact, but we're going to go num- number five single cut. So that's the hometown brewery. Mm-hmm. It has blown up a lot over the last five years or so since they opened up. Like, good stuff. Um, not my absolute favorite, but definitely up there. If, if like, they distributed to Massachusetts, so single cut was there, it's like, oh, shit, sign me up. I'm in because I knew what I was getting. Uh, number mm-hmm. four. Number four is going to be Sand City. Sand City out in Northport. So that's actually not a city brewery. That's on Long Island. Okay. There's going to be two of those in this process here. Number three is this Gypsy Brewery, Root and Branch. And no one knows who they are. They are unbelievable. They do a can release every Saturday, not every Saturday, every, once every weekend. No, what am I saying? Once a month on a weekend out of Great South Bay. So they have, don't have an actual facility yet. Um, some of the best IPAs I've had to date so far. They're number wow. three. Yeah, they are number three. Um, number two and number one are a toss-up for me. Just I have a little bit of a bias to number two, but I think number one might, might have taken it over. Uh, number two is LIC Beer Project. So 10 so minutes good. from where I grew up, so good. Pile of Crowns is my absolute favorite beer to date. But um, number one has to be Other Half. Other Half is fucking phenomenal. Like wow, fifteen percent dessert stouts are unreal. Uh, the IPAs are delicious. So, yeah, I'm gonna stay with that list. We're gonna go five with single cut, four with Sand City, three root and branch, two LIC, and then one other half. Wow, wow, that was easy for you. I like the yeah that, that you put into that it was too. that was really easy. <laughs> that was easier than the training question so far. So uh, <laughs> I might have. To, I'm telling you, there's gonna be a career change one day down the road where it's like hybrid strength coach shitty beer brewer well that's what you do is you put a a, you have one side of a gym like you have a a cement room you have the tap on one side and you have the gym on the other and it's just barbells and brews man like that's the name of the gym the par four porter the par four porter and the par four pills go (laughs) it's in the works is it really? Come on. No. Don't just say <laughs> no. it. Don't just say it if you don't know. That sounds so, way too good. Funny story. I, I actually brewed a beer up in Massachusetts with my buddy, Matt. Um, we brewed it and we were like, you know, we're going to do a double IPA, New England style. We're going to throw some mango in there. Like, like we, we started off with probably the most complex shit we could have from an IPA standpoint. And we were like, oh, this is great. This is going to be amazing. So we bottle it up. We screwed up the whole bottling process really bad. Um, we didn't know when to pitch the, pitch the yeast exactly. No, we pitched the yeast. We didn't know when to put the mango in, so we kept screwing that up, and we couldn't we couldn't actually get it to ferment because we didn't know like how much like how the CO two would get out of the the actual fermenting bucket. So we were like, shit, we definitely screwed this up. And then we bottle them, we drink them. It, it was basically drinking carbonated piss like chilled piss yeah but it was carbonated and it did it did have an alcohol content so it's all right this is a start and then i decided to move away so our our brewery is is uh currently on pause that's amazing it's yeah homebrew stuff is really hard it's really hard yeah so funny story when when i was in school i was in school for nutrition and exercise science i'm taking all these biochem organic chem classes and it was like why the hell do i need to know this to teach people people behavior change and then i started reading this book the joy of homebrewing and it starts 
bringing up all the organic chemistry shit I learned, I was like, oh my God, I really wish I paid attention in class now. <laughs> so it was like, it had more of a carryover in regards to the homebrewing side of it than the actual like nutrition side. Obviously it's, it's good to know that stuff, but like at the end of the day, everyone knows if I put a pop tart and apple in front of you, what good nutrition is. It's, be, right. it's behavior change. So I wish I le- paid attention a little bit more in organic chem, but it is what it is. So. Well, that's how they should market organic chemistry. Like maybe you have more more brewers going to college. That's it. Beer making 101. That's really what it should be. Uh, have you ever shit yourself in a kin stretch session? No, I've, I've almost fart every single one, though. So I know you've, when it's coming. You've never skid marked. Nope. Nope, not yet. Uh, I, I know. You. I think it's a lie. I haven't. I, haven't. I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you the time I sharded myself after. But, <laughs> but um. What's it called? I I know that when a fart's coming on, that's when it's like, all right, I'm gonna talk a lot louder now. Like, I mean, I'm gonna really turn the volume <laughs> up. So it's just like it, it goes away. And I try to position myself because they can be pretty bad, especially Saturday morning if I had a couple of beers the night before. It's like, all right, that's gonna smell really bad. So I try so to position bad. myself away from people. That's so so funny. there's a there's a strategy to it for sure. It was uh, maybe the best moment at any continuing education or certification event I've been at uh frc tampa someone like was like they were like dewey was literally coaching them up on like uh like just like a pales contraction or something and a dude literally yeah. just like shot like like literally the guy was like i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> like left in front of 75 people it was that's amazing i was, love that it was Good everyone was like in utter shock and like disbelief that he literally just shit his pants mid mid pales contraction it was the best and i knew at that moment i was like okay this could be fun this could be fun uh oh it's great Sphinct- the sphincter control is a big thing man <laughs> big market for that Huge you'll always regret control. not training the position you shit yourself in. <laughs> <laughs> so just an update uh, for you right now we have runners on the corner first and third judge and stand both single luke white wow. is at the plate zero zero bottom of the first inning one out wow Go ahead. world series ticket cash it um what's your <laughs> handicap on the course i saw you enjoy i don't that. have a handicap I don't have a handicap yet. I've, you I'll be have honest. Just said with you. scratch. Just say scratch no, golf. Hell no, because then it'd be like, oh, <laughs> I want to play with him. I'll be honest with you. Between between uh, hopping around from New York to Massachusetts back, I've only played a total of six times. And I've I spent a while trying to break the habit of the baseball swing where I'm throwing the wrist, I'm putting it at the oh, camera yeah. where no one can see, um, versus trying to keep that wrist firm through the golf swing. That was the hardest thing to break. Um, speaking of breaking, I just missed breaking a hundred the other day. So it's a start. Um, and what I'll tell people is, Hey, I just need to understand mechanics. Luke Voigt just hit a home run three, nothing Yankees. Um, I, I just need to understand the mechanics of the swing versus being able to execute the swing. That's what a swing coach is for. I need to prep your body to get you to the swing coach, which is really going to put both of the pieces of the puzzle together, the movement side and the overall mechanic side. Um, speaking of movement, have you ever moved to snap a club after a shitty drive? No. Wow. Fun, good to train. Fun, fun story for you. I graduated college and I was just getting into like the, the golf side of things. And my, my uncle bought me a driver, brand new, like tailor made. I didn't know how to like use it. I went to the driving range, my second swing with it. Again, I was still doing the whole baseball elbow thing and wrist. Oh, yeah. Dr- I shit you not, second swing ever with the club. 
the face of the club broke off because I had hit the floor. The golf ball didn't move. <laughs> the club snapped in half and it went out into the driving range about 30 yards down, like <laughs> downhill. Like it's amazing. It was, yeah. So $300 was pissed away just like that. And yeah, here um, we are. Definitely, definitely just use an iron stay. Well, yeah, if I'm you ever come up to that. Vermont, if you ever come up to Vermont, we'll make sure we pack a cooler of some VT craft and we'll get out on the course. And I can show you where I'll, I've thrown my putter. <laughs> okay. I like it. I'll, you know what? Me and Joe, me, I'll hold you to that. Me and Joe will be up there by the end of the summer. I guarantee it. Fuck yeah. Let's fire me up, man. Like, perfect. I mean, we got, we can either go, well, hopefully not like BCC or national because those are like $100 rounds. But if you want to go like, like Cedar Knoll, like we can go. That's right near Frost. It's right near Fiddlehead. Um, if in. you want to go so, I mean, like Stowe, we can go to Waterbury. It's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. A lot, cool. of, a lot of conveniently located breweries near golf, uh, golf courses. So I like it. Vermont. So yeah, so it'll give us an excuse to uh, spend some time outdoors before we just get get uh, what's the word I want to say? I don't want to say obliterated because we're not going to do that. No, that would never be what we do indulge <laughs> before we indulge. Yes, yes, there we go. Um, who, who would win in a fight, Frank Duffy Fitness or Duffy Rules? Duffy Rules would whip my ass. Oh, it's not even close. I would do Duffy and try to defend yourself. No, Duffy Rules. Do you know the story behind it? I know nothing other than it's maybe my favorite Instagram account. So Duffy Rules was a collaborative effort of the CSP staff and one of the Gen Pop clients there. This guy, Pat, awesome dude. <laughs> so for those of you that are listening that don't know about that account, look up Duffy, like my last name, and then R-U-L-Z. The backstory behind this is it took me about six months to figure out who the account was. So, so every, every couple of days, there would be this new post of me in a position. It'd be like, how the hell, like, who took this picture? Like, over and over and over or they stole them off of my facebook and i i, I was like uh, trying to guess who it was it wasn't a staff member it wasn't any of our athletes i was like who the hell is doing this and then one day pete dupuy had me at his desk he's like hey can you read this blog for me i was like yeah sure i'll edit it because i was doing i was like proofreading his stuff for him at the time and he left his phone on the desk and pat the, the client that was running the account texted him. He was like, Hey, I need a, I need a picture of Frank like bent over. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this, this son of a bitch is running the account. So <laughs> if I, if I wasn't there, if like I wasn't sitting at the desk, I to this day guarantee would, I wouldn't know who was running the actual account. Oh, so good. It's so good. Yeah. It got I to a like point that's where how I you know you've made it. You have a, you right. have a meme like troll account on Instagram. Yeah, I, it's more entertaining than my account. I'll tell you that right oh, now. So good, it's so good. <laughs> I should. I'll tag both. I'll tag both when I post this podcast. Perfect, um, love it. Oh, Frank Duffy Fitness. Thank you so much for making time to come on the podcast. This was yeah, man. That was it. You just survived. This was. This has been the most laid back, entertaining podcast I've been a part of. Between this, what it's about. It's it's just another fitness podcast where we just talk about shitting yourself, golfing, beers, <laughs> and, beers, and then maybe yeah. maybe some relevant training stuff that might help some people at some point. I don't I don't really, honestly I don't even really care if it did or not because this was a good conversation for you and I. I think the first ten fifteen minutes <laughs> were were productive until the trains went off the tracks. But that's see that I think I said that wrong. 
before the train went off the tracks, not the trains. There we go. See? No, multiple trains. Well, we can have multiple trains. Don't limit yourself. Don't set right. your mind on this, this notion that only one train fits on the tracks, man. We can have multiple trains. It's totally fine. It's fine. It works for okay. me, man. Frank Duffy, until we see each other in person, or maybe we do this again on the podcast, because yeah. Joe Gambino what 2, you, Frank Duffy now 1. Let me know um, how the ratings work, because I guarantee this one does better than his combined. Just oh, saying. Wow. Big talk. That's, a okay, not, big that's talk. not a knock on you, but... <laughs> it, it kind of yeah, is, but, but it's okay. <laughs> so, hey, here's, here's what we'll do. Here's, here's, here's my idea. We'll come up there. We'll do a live one with you. Fuck yeah. We'll do in that. So... That's fine. As long as you have the microphone set up, let's do it. Me, you, okay. and Joe, and it'll be his third and my second, and then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll we'll see how it comes out after we indulge. On it, on it. Thanks, man. All right, smooches. Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.